Father, thank you for these young ones. Um, there is so much that you say in your word where you talk about us, you compare us to little children, um, and we can call you Father. We can call you Daddy because you care for us unconditionally. You love us no matter what, and there's nothing we can do to work ourselves out of your love and extended forgiveness to us. So for that, we worship you, we praise you, um, and we pray that you will be working in our hearts through your word tonight as we see um, what you have for us in your book and what you have in the lives of these families, these young, young children. We trust um, that you're going to do greater things than what we can imagine. We thank you for that. Pray your grace on us as parents, um, individual parents, as a church, that you would give us the ability to um, support and love one another, bear each other's burdens as we um, take on this monumental task of, of raising kids the way you want us to. We pray this in your name. Amen. Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 19. We'll start with three verses. Matthew 19, verse 13. I'll give you a minute to turn there. Matthew 19, verse 13. Then children were brought to him, talking about Jesus. Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. Then the disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. So tonight, um, that's what we're going to do. Um, we are going to speak, I'm going to speak for a little bit here, and then we will bring up, starting with the Spocks, and then some of you can go grab your young ones um, if they're in the nursery, and we'll bring them up, and then um, we as a group, um, the pastors will pray for them, we'll lay hands on them, and invite you all to pray with us as well um, for these young children as well as their parents as they endeavor to raise them uh, like God would have us, which asks, begs the question, what does God have to say about children and about raising children? So I have a couple points here for Four observations. This is not exhaustive. Um, the theme of children and God's relationship to us, our relationship to Him, is this recurring theme throughout the whole of Scripture. But there are four things that we want to look at tonight. The first is from Psalm 127. So I'm going to read a couple verses and then um, we'll work through these observations. The first one is that children are a blessing. They are a gift from God. Psalm 127, 3 through 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So while it might not always feel that way when you're in different seasons of parenting. Um, well, it might not always feel like children are just this wonderful blessing. Um, we know that children are a blessing. They are a gift from God. It's not just something fortunate or lucky that happens to any of us, 
but being given children as an um, opportunity to raise is something that God has given each of us as parents. Number two, children are a responsibility and a stewardship. Um, that one, um, the responsibility piece, probably you don't need to hear as parents. Um, we are well in tune with the responsibility and the burden and the extra work that parenting is. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, and these words I command you today shall be on your heart. Talking about the law. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So the context here is um, the law. God is outlining his direction for his people and he commands us, he commanded them to be assertive in teaching and raising our children his book, his word. His description here is that they should teach them all the time. When you sit in your house, when you walk, when you travel, when you lie down, so when you're about to go to sleep, and when you get up in the morning, constantly. This is a holistic approach to teaching children. So our culture, um, different from that time, is no longer this agrarian society where families are together all the time. So our culture just has challenges in that, um, particularly fathers, but a lot of parents are away from their kids for large segments of the day. This is a challenge that we have to face now. The rhythm here is not weekly. It's not um, once in a while just at church or in small group, but there is a burden here on parents to teach their children daily, multiple times a day. That's the ideal, and there is, thankfully, there is grace for when we fail. Point number three, children are, are an example for us in relating to God and how we relate to God. Matthew 18, I'm going to read the first six verses here. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, Unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like a, this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones to believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck to be drowned in the depths of the sea. So as parents, I'm sure you all know, you who are parents and um, you who have, um, are beyond that stage in parenting, you learn from your kids in many surprising and very sanctifying ways. Your children are reflections of yourself um, very often. They sin in the same ways that you sin. And if you're like me, the first 300 times that that happens, it's just a complete shock when you look at your little rascal and you say, oh, where did you learn that? Um, if you're disciplined, you don't make a sideways glance at your spouse. Um, that's a mistake. Don't do that. Jesus shows us that the greatest things we can learn from our children is to be humble and de dependent on him. As children grow, they want to become independent. Um, as we think that we're growing, we have that same 
human sinful response. We want to become independent of God, independent of the necessity to depend on him. Our children are one of God's greatest ways to teach us about himself and our absolute need for him. Number four, God is our example in relating to our children. Matthew 7, 9 through 11 says, Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? So practically... You ought to relate to your children in a firm but gracious way that God has related himself to you, sacrificially giving himself, unlimited in his forgiveness to us. He is steadfast in his guidance for our lives and not compromising to our wishes because he knows that our wishes would destroy ourselves. May God give us the grace and this posture of grace that with open arms, and steadfast knowledge of his design for our lives, that we would be uncompromising in our love and uncompromising in our faith in God's word and God's authority over the cosmos when it comes to teaching and raising our children. So that was a couple points on what God says in his word for us as parents. Um, I want to talk a little bit about our vision at Redemption Church of Greeley, um, some of the why behind the what. So why do we do some of the things that we do? So um, first of all, our family gathering. So as you know, we have kids in here every month with us, like this service, where you children, you're in here um, under the watchful eye of your parents, and hopefully they're not overly distracted. But once in a while, once a month, we make this a family affair where the children, everybody's in here together, with the exception of the nursery. Every week, we don't bring the kids in and drop them off on the way in. We bring them, they are typically um, a part of our singing, our service. There are reasons for that. It's not just um, logistical. It's not just to give um, kids' church teachers a little bit less time um, doing that ministry and that service for the rest of us, but it's intentional. The reason is in line with our vision for making disciples of all people, including and starting with our children. The point of application tonight and the point of commitment that I'm shamelessly requesting from everyone, not just parents, not just older siblings, is that we all model faithful Christian living, what that looks like. Model that for these kids. Model that for your children. Model that for your friends and your sister's children in the seat next to you. So, a couple observations for these kids as they are joined here as they sit in church with us in this family gathering. These young children will gain more through the songs that we sing than they do through the sermons that we preach. And that's um, probably true for a lot of us as adults. These young ones will, will repeat more of what they observe to be practiced than what they are told to do. Even if it's in all the books and lessons and the sermons that they hear, they are going to pick up on what they see you and I actually do. Um, I think it's Jason, I think it's Jason who's said, more is caught than taught. What they see us do is what they will understand as the example, not just what they hear us telling them to do. 
These young ones will benefit from seeing their mothers and fathers, especially fathers, sing loudly in heartfelt, shameless worship to the Creator God. They will benefit from seeing their dad worship God by sitting under biblical teaching and applying that teaching to his life in the home and in the church in obedient and transparent and obvious ways. These kids will benefit from being with their family in worship because this is not simply a place that we go, a box that we check, but it's a manifestation of who we are. We are disciples. We worship God and we invite others to do that with us. So, in addition to that, we supplement this discipleship with our kids' church ministry. The goal of our kids' church is to teach gospel-grounded truth to our kids at a very young age. If you've had kids in there, hopefully I trust that they've come home sharing things that they've learned from the handful of teachers that we have back there that love um, not just their own kids that are back there, but they love all the children that they're in there with, and they teach the gospel. This world, and this is a lot of what we're teaching your children, this world is a beautiful but broken place because of sin. God, through Christ, is undoing all of that brokenness, starting in our hearts and culminating in the redemption of the cosmos. That ministry back there for your children is intended to function in cooperation with your gospel-grounded parenting. It's a partnership. It's not something we're doing. It's not um, a way for you to outsource your parenting. Um, but it's intended to be in partnerships. That's why as we're going through the New City Catechism books, as those kids bring those home, um, there's a partnership. There's some uh, small but, you know, significant expectations that you're helping them as they learn. So a couple commitments as we're going to go through tonight when we do this um, dedication. There are five things that are written on these certificates that um, you as parents who are dedicating your children tonight are going to get. I just want to review those now so that you can know uh, know what you're committing to. That's fair, right? The first one is that you are committing to model before your children marriages that honor God. God's design in the marriage, God's design is that marriage is central to the family. So husbands and wives will need to attend to their own relationship with each other first in their child-raising endeavor. Ephesians 5, and 23, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. So your marriage relationship, the focus of that is teaching your children. In your marriage, you teach your children about Jesus. Number two, you're committing to provide a home full of love and discipline. So be courageous enough to know that kids need to be trained. And there are a lot of books written on this topic, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on that tonight. But just know that this is a commitment to be willing to instruct your child and hold them accountable to obedience in a way that is ultimately for their good. Because you're training them not just to obey you, but to obey God. If not done well, um, it will be to their harm. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Number three, you're committing to personally teach your children the word of God. Direct your children to the one place of hope that is not your example. Um, For your young boys, it's not American masculinity. Um, 
It's certainly not American femininity. It's God's eternal and perfect word. That is where you're pointing your children. And there's hope in that because uh, it is not you that you're directing your children to. It's to, it's to God's perfect standard. Deuteronomy 6, 6, and 6, 6 through 7 that we already read. Number four, you're committing to shepherd your child's heart. Um, the summary here is not to be hypocritical in how you raise your children. Mark's, Mark, Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verses 6 and 7. And he said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And then later on, verse 20 and 23 in Mark 7. And he said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these things come from within, and they defile a person. So shepherd your child's heart to make sure that their obedience is not just external, that they're not um, checking the box, but that this is an entire thing. It's a, it's a thing for their entire being. And number six, actively involve your children in the local church. Don't be separated from God's people. Don't make the mistake. I would encourage you not to, not to make the mistake of trying to do this parenting thing on your own. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some is, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So that is a um, commitment for you as parents, but on that fifth one, it's a commitment for us who are a part of this body that we are also committed to stir up one another, stir up your fellow parents, stir up those around you who are parents, and stir up their children to love and to good works. Children, you have a commitment as well from the Word. So kids, if you haven't been listening, that's okay, I guess. But listen now. This is for you, and it's short. You are not free of obligation in all of this. Paul's letter to the Ephesians that we're going to read here, read through in July. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he lays out commands for kids. Ephesians 6, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So your two commitments, young ones, is to obey your parents and to honor them. And there will be times when you will work through things, you will grow up, and that obedience um, will become more and more difficult as you are given a little bit more autonomy. Um, be reminded that you, in those points, need to honor your parents. The result of this obedience and honor is that your life will be blessed. Our commitment, church family, all of us, with kids, without kids, grown-up kids, this is our commitment. Our commitment as a church family is to support you parents. I'm asking you to support me as a parent in three ways. One, by praying for parents, by encouraging one another in the difficult times of parenting that will come, and three, by modeling Christ-like behaviors in our family gatherings, in our redemption groups, 
and in life-on-life interactions. May we be a church that is not perfect, but is faithful to seek after God, transparent and repentant when convicted of sin, gracious towards one another in the same way that God is and has been overwhelmingly gracious to us. So tonight we're going to invite each of these families to the front. We're going to pray for them um, one at a time, and then we're going to give them a gift certificate, or sorry, not a gift certificate, a certificate, just a certificate, and a small gift. Um, For the gift that we have, it's this children's Bible, the Jesus Storybook Bible that we spent um, a lot of time going through with our kids this last week. It's not um, scripture. It is a It's a summary. Many of you are familiar with this. These gifts are not intended to be heirlooms that sit on your shelf. Um, Your kids' names are not engraved or printed on the front or anything like that. But these are meant to be really practical tools that you can use um, as you go forward in parenting and raising your children. So we're going to start with that tonight. And then after we've prayed for these um, six children, five families, um, we'll have Eric and Josiah come back up and and lead us in class.